Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Vienna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. We're strangers up until the point we sit down with one another. And I have to tell you, it's actually really challenging to go in without much information or relationship. So every time I sit down with a guest, I'm hearing their story for the first time. And I'm working really hard to create some sense of safety and wanting us to accomplish something, but without forcing it or leading them to a particular outcome. Even though what you listen to in the show is not actually how I work with my clients, it's pretty incredible what a one-off conversation with someone you don't know can lead you to. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. What I have found time and time again is that the unwanted patterns in our lives today are really unresolved pain from the past trying to grab for our attention. If we can be brave enough to face these patterns, a lot of beautiful healing work can happen. That's why the show is named This Keeps Happening, because who hasn't said that once or twice before to themselves? I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Sometimes learning through other people's stories is a beautiful invitation to learn about our own. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today I'm speaking with MT. That's her alias. She struggles in creating space to have and honor her needs. She's avoidant, she deflects, and she uses a lot of humor to distract away from her pain. But deep down, she's hurting after a recent breakup where she had to keep their relationship hidden, even though she didn't want to. It takes some time for her to open up to me, but I just want you to stick with this conversation and see what unfolds. I imagine you're going to experience a significant shift throughout the episode. What happens really is profound. All right, so we'll begin. Right. Curious if you had a place that you wanted to begin today. What's been on your mind? And this is origins. You know, well, okay, where's the beginning of the story? Is it what you're experiencing now? Or, you know, is it dialing back? So I, I defer to a question to prompt and uh, <laughs> see where that makes Yeah. Well, I love, I love that we're already using language of origins. That, that makes my heart <laughs> swell here. Um, yeah. Let's start with what's presenting now, right? Because absolutely, we're going to tie it back to things that came before this moment, certainly. But yeah, like what what you're trying to address in life, you know, what's repeating for you, what you're trying to tackle, what it is that you know you've struggled with, whether it's something new or something that's just continued to rear its head for you. You have to disrupt the pattern and say, like, hold on, like, what can I control in this or what can I learn so I'm not repeating it? Mm -hmm. Um, So certainly it was the end of probably my first significant relationship. 
um, that has prompted some serious examination. Um, you know, you come together and when you really love someone, you're ready to do some healing together. And then you learn a lot about where they are in their journey and yours. And, uh, yeah, not to get like a savvy romantic lyric, but like sometimes love isn't enough and looking and figuring out like, okay, what could I at least do better, um, in the future and finding places that that unfortunately reminds me of, of origins and family. Yeah. When you say, you know, love not being enough, was that my love for this person wasn't enough for me to want to stay in it? Or was it their love for me wasn't enough for them to want to stay in it or both? I think it might even go as complex of like your love for yourself wasn't enough to do the work. Mm. Uh, You know, I think I had a much easier time loving my person Mm-hmm. than I did loving myself enough to set the healthy boundaries. And that was something that I learned. It's like, oh, I have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. on my own worth to be able to really understand what love as an action and love as a verb means in giving and receiving. Do you have a pretty good idea of what your work was at the time that you were maybe resistant to or pushing away from? You know, I am of an age that I feel like maybe at some point I should have learned boundaries. But um, no, I'm somebody that I'm like, okay, how could I do better? How how could I do better? Okay, you seem upset. What could I do better? Um, without any type of of membrane set up to think about what's flowing back or is that even appropriate anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you watch a lot of conflict, and I am conflict averse, so I will figure out what you are mad about and have a very massive list. So I never do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not really setting up for a, any kind of healthy communication at all. Was there a specific complaint that your ex had of you? I think we had a lot of added um, areas of complexity. You know, it was a, a same-sex relationship in which we were opting not to be public about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became, you know, almost like a mini-year secret. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the normal things that a couple might fight about when it comes to like uh, trust issues or what have you, well, there's an added complexity when you're not choosing to acknowledge a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those things, you know, trust issues, mistrust, you're going to cheat or, you know, other people are going to be interested. Well, you're asking me to present that I'm single. So that's kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. She was asking you to present. Yes. That okay. was kind of the tacit agreement to, you know, the idea of, well, while we figure out that added complexity of who we are and and how we decide what that means in our community, Mm -hmm. you're not telling anyone you're in a relationship. So I think trust issues were the biggest part that um, neither of us could figure out how to navigate. Yeah. Were you in a position or did you feel like you got to a point in the relationship where you felt okay integrating into the community and letting people know what the relationship status was between the two of you? I took a very different stance from it very early on, even more early on than maybe now I would go, okay, okay, there's some benefits to not having to address my breakup, I guess. I kind of believe that who you have in your life like, should support what is a healthy love and relationship. And I would share and say, well, if we're telling people and they have an issue, then those are people that maybe we don't want to hang out with. Like, Those wouldn't be our people then. Maybe I... I was not nearly as self-protective or thoughtful about it. I sort of believed like, okay, no, I love you. You love me. That seems like a great thing. Like, let's, we don't need a press release. We're not celebrities, but, you know, it's normal to begin saying that you have a partner professionally or for an event or with your family. Or because you want to. Or or for the hell of it, because you're in love. Yeah, that, right, that. Yeah, I can I can hear all of these sort of like external bits, right? It's like, well, yeah, for family and friends and professionally and this, and like we want to go do things together. And and f- it's hard, I think, maybe a little challenging for you to say because I just wanted that. I think like that's going to be like my first emotional point. It's like, yeah, I guess I never even probably said that to myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like five minutes in, no one's crying. It's a yes for the crying right now. Yeah. And if you need to grab a tissue or anything, we can, <laughs> we, can, we can pause for that. But I want to hear you in all of this, right? The, the part of you that really wanted something. And I can hear even, you said something, I wrote it, wrote it down. You said uh, something about it being easier to have to, you don't have to address the breakup 
when no one knows about it. I thought, oh, how interesting, right? Because what you're saying is publicly, right? But privately, internally, right? There's so much that's there even when no one knows about it. In fact, it might be incredibly harder to do it when no one knows about it or very few people know about it, right? To sort of be alone in your sadness and your heartbreak and your devastation and whatever it is that was was there or still there for you. And I'm curious about what it has been like for you to connect to the emotions that are present. When did this breakup happen? How long ago? You know, we processed through it for about a year and mm-hmm. uh, did a year anniversary of the initial like, mm-hmm. okay, we're done. Like this is now this yeah. has crossed a line. Mm-hmm. This is becoming irreconcilable without large change. Mm-hmm. So that was a year ago. And then we did try to reconnect um, in the spring a bit. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty quick disaster um, <laughs> in, yeah. you know, six to eight weeks. And so it's hard. But yeah, we haven't even spoken in okay. months. Will you tell me a little bit about your relationship with your own needs? And yeah, this is where we'll maybe step outside of just this relationship. And I'm thinking, um, since you've got the lingo down, yeah, the origins, right? Like, what was it like for you growing up in a family system or family systems having needs? Did you have any? Did you Were you able to share them? Were they met? Were they things that you had to disconnect from? What did you see between the adults? Tell me a little bit about relationship to having needs. Um, I come from a, it's, it's been hard to even say, like I come from a very, a household with a lot of abuse, like both, Mm -hmm. you know, me as a child and witnessed a lot, you know, violence and erratic and, um, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunate, unfortunately it's not due to drugs and alcohol. That's a weird thing to say, but like, it was just like, oh no, just, just whole, whole crazy, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) like whole chosen crazy, I guess, um, unaddressed things, but that was so, um, formulaic of the first, you know, couple decades of my life. Yeah. The idea of having needs or wants or any personal identity outside of the temperature of the home is immediately dangerous. Yeah. And that was something that I've learned to be the world's most self-sufficient human. Like <laughs> I will do 110% of it. Right. Yeah, no space for you and really trying to make space for self when that's equated to danger, right? It's like, of course you're going to move away from it. We have decades under our belt of doing that so, quote unquote, successfully, right? It builds this muscle that I'm sure has in some areas of your life served you really well. But I think when we look at the relational components, right, what strikes me just in the first few minutes of chatting with you is how far away from your own needs you are right? And how, again, quote unquote, successful you have become at making space between you and your needs. Well said. (laughs) Not well fixed, but well said. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and I hear you, right? Where you're like, yeah, cool. And now what? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. and And what do we do with that? Right. Because, oh, so confronting, so much vulnerability to even think about a world where how do I create enough safety for myself, right? Like you might know that you are not in a dangerous environment, for example, but your system, right, is like, whew, alerts are going off and I'm going to just stay far, far back from bringing a need forward. And getting into this relationship and I think even just the Yeah, the fear around being able to share what it is that you actually wanted from the relationship must have been something that was pretty present throughout. It sounds like you went along with the rules and the expectations and the boundaries that that she had. And yeah, you sort of said yes to those things or tried to figure out a way to exist within that framework but that framework didn't actually work for you. Does that feel right? Yeah, I, I had um, actually in 
in some counseling, it come up like the idea of like, if this person felt like home and your home was a dumpster fire, like maybe people feeling like home, like isn't the best thing. That idea of repeating these things and trying to heal them. And I think that's been a hard step for me to admit is that like finding that volatile up and down personality where it's like things are really good, but they're really bad, but you don't know when they're going to be one. And let's just pretend they're not bad and never really talk about it. Like, okay, the bad part passed. We woke up, we got through it. Like, let's just go have a good weekend and pretend none of that happened Mm -hmm. was so true to my growing up. And I am, yeah, I, I must be disconnected to have taken this long to recognize that. I'm curious, you know, for you to say that about yourself, like I must have been this disconnected. What are you trying to point out about yourself? I think I wanted to emerge, you know, when I was in independent self mm-hmm. and just be like, yeah, I got through that. Okay, childhood done, box shelf. Now I'm responsible for who I am as a person. And going back to childhood trauma and crying about it is like, lame. This is me now. Mm-hmm. And not really tap in or ever open that up again to just yeah. be, no, no, I am, I am sufficient. I am good. I am a hundred percent. I've got this. And yeah. then not really doing that work. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I carried all that in the cabinet, in the box, <laughs> into this relationship. Well, so here's the problem. It's, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. What happens is we were like, tuck it, put it on the shelf, move it away. Like, just don't want to don't want to deal with it. And it is just way too clever for that. Right. It finds all of the ways to bring you back in contact with the thing that needs resolution. And I imagine that there's many things in there. But really, the first thing that I'm noticing it is that part of resolution for you is making space for you to actually have needs for there to be needs that you connect with and needs that you actually honor and prioritize for yourself you do a really good job at making sure other people's needs are taken care of and respected and honored and 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 but when it comes to actually tuning in to what you're craving Right. And like what it is that you actually want. That's something that you disconnect from. I think when I say that, you know, it it's very clever, right? Our unresolved pain is very clever. That's what I mean. And it will put us into relationships, experiences, dynamics with people and things that have us confronted face to face with the thing that is unresolved. Right. What I wanted out of this relationship, what I wanted from you ex-partner, right? What I really needed in this dynamic was. So let's, I know she's not here right now, and that might not be a relationship that you ever enter into again, but I do want you to connect to what it is that you actually needed from the dynamic. What comes to mind? Can you let yourself go there? I'm like, I noticed like my own like body temperature just at that like exact, like the amount of anxiety because I do feel that for whatever reason. And then I can't quite tap into why I started going, no, this is what I need, like Mm -hmm. a bit with her. And that becoming weaponized is like, you're so needy. You're never happy. And I'm like, hold on, like, this is like, these are basics. But I think safety of communication, like Mm -hmm. safety and respect of communication and this is part of the challenge. The conversation we're having right now mm-hmm. is even that world of where I was like, I need to be able to use my voice and state how I feel and start having spaces that that's okay. And that was a very hard thing was, you know, I want to be able to share with you my feelings and talk about areas that we could support each other without a fight. Mm-hmm. Just that level of basic safety yeah. um, to the where it became like, I think you're, much more dedicated to your anger than you are to like working this out in the moment. Can you tell me how you felt in those hard moments? Like retracting. It's like, okay, okay. It wasn't worth it to have a feeling. You know, like you almost want to like reel it back in. Oh, sure. Let me get, let me get out of here as quickly as possible. Sorry. That must've been crazy. (laughs) But that, that's the response to it. Right. So let's, let's spend just a moment in the feeling. So what did you experience 
And maybe there was a big reaction to it from her that was like, okay, 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 I'm out of here. Forget it. I'm good. I'm fine. Okay. But before that moment and before her reaction to you, what did you feel that you wished that she could have heard, held, made space for? I think in the sharing, you want to be seen and heard. Like I honestly, like, yeah, I guess that's the original answer. I was like, I don't even feel like you see or hear me as a whole person Mm -hmm. next to you that is equal. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. my feelings or my needs in this moment are as equal to the way I respect yours when I can see that something has come up for you. Mm -hmm. There was a need for safety for both of us. But I think my reaction to her safety was like, I will create a swaddle nest of love that you are the safest ever in. And your security is of utmost importance. And then if my feelings are a threat to your security, like how do we ever both become equal? They're just seen, I mean, validated. That's the most relevant word. I was like, I want, could you just validate that like you care that I'm hurting without feeling that it's an attack on you and your safety? So if we took see me and hear me a little bit further, Specifically, can you think of one thing that you wanted her to see and hear? I think how just completely all in I was to doing the right thing. That there was never going to be a question of my loyalty or my commitment or my like, hey, ends of the earth to do the work, but just like be all in with me. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. What do you notice saying that out loud to me? I'm about to leap out of the square. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I've never been in so much motion. It's a good thing the video part's not showing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's huge, right? That I am loyal and deeply committed and I want you to know that. And I assume that you wanted to feel that back. Yeah. Yeah. Without reservation. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I think a question, it's not going to be on me to answer. And I'm accepting the closure as it is, is just, why wasn't it worth it to you? Like, you do want that back. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't what worth it to you? Me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the relationship? The connection? And go a little further. Why wasn't I worth it to you to what? be loyal, to be fully committed, to be all in, to be revealed to the world? What? I, you know, I feel that I, so many times, like you're keeping one foot out the door externally and internally. Like you have your out because this isn't acknowledged. But then in her, there was always a, you know, you're going to hurt me. (laughs) You're going to, I don't even know what sometimes. It's a relatively benign individual. But there was that emotional one foot out the door. Like immediately anything that felt difficult or an obstacle was like, yeah, this is what I didn't want. Reality. So to be worth facing those things, I think that's what changes it from being like infatuated or in love or hard eyes emoji to like, okay, stuff's going to come up, but like you're worth it to figure out the different way from what we've learned 
and and do better and healthier together. But like, I need that from you too. Mm-hmm. I know that there, it's been, you know, it sounds like about a year where there's been, you know, some processing and you mentioned closure, sort of even without maybe getting all of the answers that you would be interested in, in getting. When you think about where you are right now today, what feels unresolved or what fears do you have? Like, What are you looking out for for yourself when you're like, okay, next or like whatever is coming up? What are you afraid of or worried about for yourself? I joke that like, I can't conceive dating again, like ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, maybe this is enough. Like I have a great child and I love my work. And as long as I just have friends, like those connections can be much more safe and secure. Like if you leave me or go hang out with somebody else, I'm not going to lose it because like friends can have lots of friends. Just the concept of even honestly, like i never really had that level of feeling for someone. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm kind of out. It's kind of like emotional food poisoning. Uh, mm-hmm. I never want to eat that issue. Right. Where you're like, I don't, this, the pain, the pain's too much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The pain's too much. And so I don't really want to risk it again. And there's a part that does want to risk it again. I mean, then you sit and you look at what the other side of that coin is. It's like, okay. You know, I still have a fair amount of life left in me. Like, is that really going to be like devoid of connection and romance and sharing to that level? And I don't have that answer. Mm -hmm. Like lots of people have lived alone for a long time. What do you want? And when you just, what you can leave your eyes open if you want, but I was going to say, like when you close your eyes and you're like, what do I actually want? Right. What do I actually crave? and making room for that. I'm curious with the fears and the doubts and the insecurity, all of that aside, right? If you actually connect to the way you want to live in this world, what's there? I mean, I have to believe there is the idea of healthy connection with another person, because I think there's a way that you share in that that's different from any other space you're in. Every other relationship you can have a measure of protection. And I think when I look at literally almost the first half of my life, both of my homes have been around, not really telling the entire truth, not super safe to be. So what do I want? I mean, if you could, you know, manifest and wish and it comes, would just be like, can I just have a safe person to be myself with? Like to be a hundred percent me and like without the guard, can I be emotional? Mm-hmm. Can I share my needs and like have you care back the way that I care for it, that I could be important enough to stop and do the work with? Yeah. Who has cared back in your life? I mean, I've got a grandmother in there somewhere. You know, my kid's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me a little bit about that grandmother in there somewhere? I think that was, you know, the only relationship that I feel that I was myself and safe And I respect how protective she tried to be within the frame of the chaos that she could see. I know enough to know it wasn't as abnormal to her as it might be to us, just when you think of generations and cultures. But the amount that she tried to let me be seen when we were together Mm one-on-one or, you know, when there was time, um, it influenced a lot of my sense of strength as an individual. She was a solid, amazing, like, woman that could kick all the butt and (laughs) did everything. And I think I learned at least that strong solo, like badass female model from her. What did she see in you? It's, you know, she was an immigrant and I remember us sharing a lot about like vocabulary and learning together. Like, so she allowed me to be smart and Mm -hmm. we practiced um, Reader's Digest vocabulary words together. (laughs) So that, like the, it worth the investment in teaching, but also it taught, like teaching me to cook or sew or garden, just at worth the time, like. Yeah. Not quite the experience with your mom. No. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You don't want to say anything about that? <laughs> There's not enough time. It's okay. We, we can begin. 
No, not at all. You know, my mom, the home that I speak of was a, not my, not my father. It was a a later marriage and Mm -hmm. she definitely both put relationships and men first. There's a couple of things that I'm like, I can't say because that's heavily identifying if anyone was to hear this. Um, But there was a lot of jealousy, a lot of um, resentment of Mm -hmm. my being. It was never really and and any opportunity to connect. It's almost like she took an she took that opportunity to instead reject, you know, even new into adulthood, like a couple of times that I would try things and, oh, we're never going to do that. You're not going to be a mom. You're not going to feel maternal. You're not going to show up. And I, I was sick as an adult and in the hospital and, you know, actually was like, no, I need you to come. And she's like, well, me and, you know, the guy she's with now, like, we're going on a trip to DC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you come help with my kid? And I'm in the hospital and mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. So you just go, okay, wow. I mean, I've said before, having a daughter showed me that I don't have a mom. Like mm-hmm. just the way I feel about her really made it impossible to identify with her in the mother role. It was like, I, I don't get it now. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. The way I feel about my daughter is so different. Yeah. Have you, do you feel like you've felt and really let yourself grieve, be with the emotion around that loss for you? I've had friends who've experienced, you know, actual loss, like death. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, it's so, so socially acceptable to like grieve losing a parent when they die. Like that's mm-hmm. what you're expected to do. It's like no one, there's no space for like, I have no contact with my mom and let me tell you why. And then it's like, no, you should, you know, you're going to regret mm-hmm. it one day. But no, I'm really not. But like, not your job to hold space for that. Right. But there's right. no um, grieving like that to grieve that relationship when that person's alive. And if anything, it has another layer to it because you're like, I'm grieving that you don't Want feel the way I do about mm-hmm. this relationship either. Like it's like grieving that they didn't choose you. And I feel that that's coming up both with my mother and with this relationship. It's like, I'm grieving two large things where neither of you really wanted to meet me in a space where we could make it work and make a healthy relationship. Yeah. It's a lot of grief. Grief is a really accurate word right now. Yeah, there's a lot there. What What are you, again, I'm going to just keep having you tune back into your body, okay? What you're noticing when you're saying like, the, here are these two relationships where I don't have the experience of either of them choosing me. I mean, I hope I don't sound like a bit of a, because I feel like I try to say it all quickly and with a laugh, like to make mm-hmm. it, like, it's not that bad. Let's brush through this. Mm-hmm. Um because I think it's devastating in my gut. Like it's something that I probably haven't let myself face all the way. Cause I'm also of a mindset of like, well, I can't break all the way down. Like I need to be semi-functional. So it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Like it, it stays all up here in the, yeah. you know, in yeah. the throat and you go, okay. Yeah. Are you okay with us making a little bit of room for it? Yeah. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. You'll see me take off. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're still seated in that chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know we're 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 doing okay. Yeah. The devastation. At first you said, I think. I don't think you think. I think you know, right? Is that there's devastation there. That this is a deeply painful thing for you. And I put your ex maybe off to the side for a moment and just come back into this original relationship, you know, with your mom. Where were you saying that she was resentful of you or were you saying her partners were resentful of you? Oh, she is resentful of me, but she certainly chose a brand of Mm -hmm. relationship where you were or or that those men Mm -hmm. um, could be pretty condescending and, you know, you were just immediately less than like just on default. So she allowed that for sure that it was like, no, this, this daughter is like a bit player, you know, no, she's a side character. She's, she's not, she's not required. She's an accessory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There wasn't room for you. You were in the way. Absolutely. And my, the the household that I speak about was one where it was like, you're not part of the family. Like you don't have to live here. Like, (laughs) well, okay. I'm not really sure what else you do with me, but that was a message. Very, very, I mean, this is, you know, five, six, seven, like you're in the way, like we're having this whole other family now and we're kind of stuck with you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not a part of this. Is that something that you feel did get recreated in this relationship with your ex or even past relationships prior to your ex? I think the idea of being the last priority definitely came up. Mm-hmm. And it was probably felt very dramatic to say, like, but like, wow, I'm last priority after your parents, after your kids, mm-hmm. after work, after then you need time for yourself. And I'm like, I put myself back in a position where I was the absolute last priority again. And that that definitely did come up. Yeah. And in past relationships too, prior to this one, you think? I think that I definitely, past relationships, I think that not being attracted played a very easy filter. Um, I always kind of prided myself on not having boy drama until I realized there was probably other things at play there. So, mm-hmm. When you think about what you're addressing in terms of your own healing, you know, like regardless of whether you choose to love again or not, right? Regardless of whether you choose to ever try to date again or not, what's important for you, do you think? I mean, in this exercise, even in this conversation and deciding like, hey, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to try talking and telling the truth. I think Mm -hmm. it's that. I think it's honesty and authenticity and just showing up fully as myself to every other room. What comes forward now is just, okay, this is me. And in measures, I'm going to find vulnerability to be authentically myself and let that be my metric of what feels right, not how much of myself I have to hold back to be in that room or measure out or decide what percentage to be. Okay. So what's something that you tend to hold back? What's something that you're not saying here or sharing with me? It doesn't have to be deliberate, but just something that you're like, oh yeah, I normally wouldn't have said this or I wouldn't share this here. Is there anything that feels authentic to you and doesn't need to be forced and you do like dig up something, but something that's a truth for you that you don't tend to say out loud, that you don't tend to to share or reveal to someone else? I mean, I am still pretty hesitant about sharing, you know, that I'm attracted to women. Um, <laughs> so I'm not fully out. I'm not deciding how comfortable I am with that sometimes because you don't feel safe. You don't feel safe, let's say, in some climates right now and in ideologies and in opening yourself up to somebody else's judgment. And I think that's the space that I have held back. My own authenticity is places where I feel like, well, if it's my mental wellness or my orientation or and you're going to have judgment on it, I'm just not even going to give you the data so that you can have judgment on me. I'm just going to hold it in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so speaking about things like your own mental health or mm-hmm. this relation, you know, the, the relationship or the hope to find a person one day. Like I'm still very, I've got my words down, like they're very broad. And, you know, I always kind of say happy generic statements. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot that I probably don't share. Yeah. So at least here with me, because I clearly already know, you've already told me. And because this is an anonymous show, if you're willing, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it's been like for you to find that attraction to women. This is something that you started to notice because it sounds like I'm like reading between the lines a little bit. It sounds like you were with men at some point. And then was this your first relationship with a woman? Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the attraction. I appreciate finding places where you can find commonality in other stories because I've certainly heard this idea of, you know, you come from a more religious, conservative, small town background and you're like, the default is obviously that I'm going to get married, right? Because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm of an age that you didn't see a lot of representation or even option. Oh yeah, not to go on that soapbox. Like it's incredibly important because then you you can identify something and go, oh, that is an option. That's a way that you can be. You know, I certainly wanted to not be in my house and getting married or dating or finding a boy to live with seemed like, you know, the way to go. That's the next most safe thing. Like let me get out and someone will take me and that'll be my home. So I did my fair share of of dating and trying and I was like, this is really overrated. Like relationship PR is doing a very good job. Like the, you know, okay. So I thought I had really healthy relationships because I wasn't wanting to be accessible. I wasn't wanting to be invested. I wasn't wanting to be connected. 
And I was like, yeah, look at me having no drama. I'm really good at this. No, Uh, (laughs) spoiler alert. Then I met this person and I mean, fell kind of head over heels in love. And then the deep work begins. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a whole nother thing. Like, I want to do it all right. I want to learn it. I want to figure out like how to love and the love languages and all of the things. I'm like, now I'm, I'm applied a hundred percent. And it was hard because neither of us had been in a same sex relationship and we weren't sure where things were going to go. And I set some fair timing. I'm like, it'll take a year or two. I mean, that's fair. And that became a lot longer. And then that felt really deeply inauthentic. And we were cheated out of the experience of, I think, even talking about it with each other. So that was incredibly lonely. Like, she didn't really want to go there, like, Mm -hmm. to talk about, well, had you felt that way, like, you know, in growing up or, or those places where we could have connected. I might not be your ideal person for this, so I'll acknowledge that right off the top. But it sounds like not many people know that there was a love story here. Not at all. Yeah. Very few. I mean, truly. Yeah. I've now started finding spaces to share with a couple of safe friends. but And then I'm like, well, now I'm not even doing the story, the fairness, mm-hmm. because I'm talking about the devastation afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think something I'm really mourning is like, I never got to tell anybody, anybody when it was good. Yeah. So that's where I was going. And again, I'll acknowledge that I might not be your most <laughs> ideal person to share that with. But I would love to hear what was so beautiful. I know that there was hard stuff in there, right? And I get that. And I also have to imagine that there was just some beautiful stuff too that brought the two of you together. And I would love to just hear your expression of what it was like to be loved and to love. Even though you did it hidden, it doesn't change the fact that you experienced something with this person. So can you tell me about the beauty and the goodness that was there? You know, it's funny. I, in the very beginning, I am a kind of a private person when it comes to like deep things. So it was okay. It was like, this is ours. Like, mm-hmm. And I don't want to dilute it by when you have a real connection with somebody, you're like, there's no words for this anyway. It's so wonderful. I think she's brilliant and creative. And still to this day, I'm like, that's the person I want to adventure with. And we would travel and we would choose to travel because then we'd be away and we would be ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's nobody still that I would find that I would want to just share a meal with, go and we would just wander like through cities and hey, let's go in and out and experience and laugh and... I want to make out with your face. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> so, so much of it was fantasy. Um, I mean, like it really was. It's like, okay, I might have the devastation part, but like it was that high of like that true, like what I thought being all in, all in love would feel like. Like I, I, I was enamored for sure. I mean, all the way. And we we made it through some some hard times well. Um, you know, she had some illnesses in her family and I was able to be there in support. And we spent mm-hmm. time with her family. Was it very the 1950s aunt that sleeps in the guest room? Yes. But like, it didn't mean that that connection wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I always say it was like, that was the truest marriage of my life. Like without being married was the way I felt about being together. And there's a lot to miss. And I'm sorry that the hard stuff caught in the way of valuing that. Yeah. Was that enough? <laughs> Was it enough for you? I mean, it's nice to think about actually. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in balance. Like if it was all terrible, then I would sound a little bit like a masochist. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise. 
the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We often hear people say, like, you know, it's so easy to romanticize or idealize. And I also think, though, it's very important that we're able to honor you know, and I, I think you had you had used the word validate before. And I think that there's a need sometimes for a really important and meaningful experience of our lives that is hidden, right? That has had to be kept secret to have a space to be validated for what it was, you know? The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, it's like we know that there ultimately were really challenging aspects to this that led to an ending. And again, that ending might not feel that confusing to you at this point, but to still be able to share the beauty of what was, right? The beauty of what you got to experience and to let it be known, right? To just let it be known to someone, to speak it out into the world a little bit. It's more honest to speak to the complexity of it. I don't think any of us would sit here and be this challenged or this deeply affected if there wasn't so much good. I mean, it would have been easy to say like, oh, no, no, that's drama. Like, I'm out. I say that by default a lot of the time when things are too much. Oh, no, that's that's a lot. But this wasn't. This was like, okay, you're worth pushing through. Um, I, you know, we said the word seen and heard. And I just feel like I really deeply saw her through some of the stuff that I wish we'd been able to work through. It was like, I see what you are in there and I see how much distraction or, mm-hmm. I mean, you think I've been trying to run out of the square? We tried like two therapy sessions and it was like, mm, no, that's too much. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's a flight risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you see the person in there. And I think I, I still, yeah, that's my person, even if it's not. Yeah, I understand. There's a real desire, though, for you to be seen and heard by another, someone you want to be seen and heard by. I don't know what it's like. Oh, this is anonymous. Great. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably some mixed messages I'm figuring out there. <laughs> yeah, there's... yes, I'll be anonymously seen and heard. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Steps. How beautiful. Exactly. Steps, right, to speak something out into the world that will actually reach a lot of ears without it needing to be too much, right? It doesn't need to push, right? It doesn't need to be forced, right? If your comfort level was to be able to say, no one needs to know who I am and I can still speak out into the world what it is that I need to speak out into the world. You nailed it. Thanks for that. Oh, but it's true. We get to decide. You know, and if it means that we're still hiding something, okay. And you have somebody else as a part of this too, who you respect deeply and, you know, don't need to reveal anything for someone outside of yourself. But right now, this makes sense to you, right? Exactly. It really, gaining your own trust back in your own voice and instinct is such a part of, or such has been a part of my healing journey is like not believing that. Or, or believing that what I want for myself is as equal to how someone else might take it. So yeah. this is part of it. It is part of it. And part of it is you learning how to see and hear yourself. It's you learning how to make space for yourself. It's you learning how to value yourself. It's you letting yourself be in your needs, in your feelings. It's you using maybe a little less humor to distract away from your pain, although I'm always here for some good humor, right? It's all of those things, right? It's you becoming more accessible to yourself, Mm. right? And the good news of that is that we don't need to rely on someone else to do that. Ultimately, I know it would be nice, right, to have... I know you have good friends. I know you were commenting on that before where it's like, no, I like, I, I have friends. I can, you know, but it's it's not quite the same, 
right, is partnership of wanting that one person you were describing it before where you're like, I don't have to get jealous or I don't have to, like, I'm not going to freak out if my friend is going to go hang out with another friend, right? That, that doesn't upset me, right? And so we know that it's in this dynamic where there's a bit more activation. But for now, right, you revealing yourself to yourself, I think, is a really beautiful commitment. Has that sound or feel you know, you feel the internal downplay of it, like that that can't possibly be that exceptional because it's something I'm doing, like, mm-hmm. but I'm listening and feeling how much I would want to have heard other stories and finding your steps to authenticity and speaking my own voice and allowing it to take up space. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are things that definitely resonate because it's something I haven't done. Yeah. You find a lot of different ways to not let it take up as much space as it can, right? Nodding enthusiastically, yes. (laughs) Nodding enthusiastically. (laughs) So you use humor. What else? What other things do you do that shrink making space for what it is that you're actually feeling? I would say, I mean, yeah, 70% humor. And then 30% tying it up very neatly, like, and making commonality, like, well, everybody, you know, this is great because let's talk about how everybody can struggle too. And yes. and giving it the nod to the population. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The nod to the population. I like that. Third person versus first. And oh, and, and, and just all the couching euphemisms for everything. I noticed that myself and I'm like, oh, you can call BS on me somewhere back there. Cause I'm like, hmm, yes, I have words and there are words. I mean, I've even really challenged myself when I speak about my child to be like, no, it was violent and abusive and erratic. And it yeah. wasn't, you know, I had a hard time, you know, a hard childhood. Like, no, let's, let's start speaking yeah. truth and do some of those things. Yeah. Let's name it what it was. Let's name what it is. Right. Let's not minimize, invalidate, distort, shrink, all of the things, right? Let let me just make space for it, right? And that's a really beautiful practice for you. So we're going to try it again. Okay. I'm going to try it again. Okay. You got to shake out the humor, okay? Right. You got to shake out the humor. You got to shake out the nod to the population. You got to shake out the tying it up neatly and putting a bow on it. And you got to shake out the third person. Okay. I'm not laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, if you want to keep your eyes open and say it to me directly, if you want to close your eyes, if that's easier for you, I don't care what you choose. If you need a deep breath to just ground yourself, whatever it is that's going to support you the most in this, right? But I just want you to find a sentence that you want to acknowledge deeply I don't care what it's about. It could be your childhood. It could be about your mom. It could be about your ex. I don't care what it is that you bring forward. But I just want you to shake out all of that other distracting stuff and let yourself be seen and heard fully. It's that I am fully and equally worthy of my voice, my story, and the connections that I want. I deserve the love that I've asked for and that I've given as much just for who I am and not with having to brand myself, be it through humor or minimizing my needs. I'm just, it's probably the hardest thing for me to be like, yeah, hundred percent. I equally deserve space and voice and consideration and love. Mm-hmm. And I do. And I want to be able to say that without doubting myself. Yeah. It's hard for me to believe that though, because. It's hard for me to believe that because I have found places that reinforce my lack of belief in myself. Yeah. Or reinforce the story I've been told about that because it isn't true. And I have wondered a lot, like what it would be like to have a blank slate of a brain and heart. Like you wonder about trauma and you're like, did it imprint me so much that just who I am. And I I don't want to accept that. I want to accept that there can be healthy (laughs) love and connection. Yeah. Okay. You want to say it one more time and look at me? (laughs) That's okay. I will. Look, see the laughing's back. That's okay. You, we had a little pause. So now we're going to shake it out again. Yeah. 
much harder to do looking at you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A, I am fully deserving of the love and the time and the space that I want, that I hope for, that I've given. And it hasn't happened yet because I haven't found safe spaces. And I've been finding places that reinforce the stories that have been told to me about. Mm-hmm. And I deserve that love. I deserve the love I want. I deserve to be a whole person, a whole honest person with love. Yeah. That's been devastating for me because. That's been devastating for me because I've missed out on so much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let myself miss out on that in the back half. Yeah. Say it one more time. That has been devastating for me because I've missed out on so much. And I do not want to miss out on that in the back half of my life. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of feeling. Yeah. What was the heart for? Because I think you made me say it to your face, which is a beautiful challenge, like of acknowledgement of being seen. Yeah. Interesting to say, close your eyes and that's easy because you're not being seen. And then there's a vulnerability in being seen. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's probably the first time I've said that out loud. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I mean, maybe, maybe like this. Definitely like this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe like this. What are you feeling in your body? A little anxious. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I feel like my, I could run a few laps, (laughs) but not as anxious as I expected, actually. Like there is some release. Like there definitely is some release in that. Like, okay, nothing bad happened. You're still talking to me. We're still here. We're still here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like exposure therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. We're still here. I'm still here. You're still, yeah, we're still here. We're still talking. Yeah. What a beautiful thing to, to be revealed. I don't expect you to leave this conversation and never have a doubt again. I don't expect you to be resolved. You're like, I'm good. I want you to experience what it's like to just be revealed with one person and to build upon that, to practice that at minimum with yourself, which by the way is pretty incredible. You with you is a big one, right? But to sit with yourself, maybe daily, if that feels like too much, whatever it is that works, whatever cadence works for you, but to release all of the things I asked you to shake off, right? So before you sit with yourself and whether you were just reflect and you're sitting outside in nature, whether you're journaling, whatever your thing is, If you hate journaling, don't worry, whatever. I don't care what it looks like. But to shake out the humor, to shake out the third person, to shake out the pretty with a bow on it, right? To shake out the nod to the population and to just connect to self over and over again. To just let whatever is there that day be seen and heard and to practice revealing it to yourself it's so hard to do that with others for look a number of reasons your environment the systems you grew up in all of those things play a huge part in this right no room competition you know jealousy resentment all of these things that you've already shared here today but on top of it right if you struggle to just see yourself to hear yourself, to honor yourself. It's, it is going to be hard for you to bring that forward to other people where there's an even greater threat there, even greater risk for you. And so for you to build the muscle of shaking off the humor and everything else and to just sit with you. Eyes closed, eyes open, pen to paper, whatever you want without the distractions and the minimizing and the invalidating and the distorting and all of the goodness that we go to when we want to be as far away from it as possible. You're going to strengthen a very important muscle for yourself. It's a very good practice because as you're saying that, I notice I'm learning how much I, or reflecting on how much I do that. 
mm-hmm. even in my friendships. How are you? And there's a funny branded, yeah. you know, I'm doing amazing in my devastation vibe. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I've never really gotten to catch myself at that. Thank you. That is a good gift. Yeah. And then when you're ready, you can bring a friend into the mix. You know, you can say, hey, I'm working on this thing. Uh, You've probably noticed that I tend to use humor when I respond to, you know, intimate questions. And I'm going to really try not to use that as a distraction. And would you hold me to it? Mm. Right. Right. So little stepping stones to keep moving in that direction. Right. But for now, you with you is a really good place to start. So I'd encourage you to practice that as many times as you're willing to throughout the week. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So we're going to come to an end here. Any final thoughts on your end? I am appreciative of the process. This was a lot. This was intense. So um, thank you for being a fantastic guide. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. This conversation was a beautiful example of what happens when safety is established. What I'm talking about is the safety between MT and me. We spoke for less than an hour, and in that short amount of time, even as strangers, its safety was able to be felt. So much so that there was an incredible amount of growth and healing that could take place in a short amount of time. I am so struck by how MT moved from invulnerability to vulnerability. There was so much that we did in this conversation together and to think about where we started this conversation to where it is we ended it is really remarkable, truly, to see how much distraction was there in the beginning, right? This like idea of putting away distraction, putting it down. And she was leading with it left and right from the get-go. And maybe you as the listener noticed it, maybe you were feeling a certain way towards it. Maybe it was revealing something back to you. I ask you to think about all of the ways that you distract away from your pain. You know, do you use humor? Do you avoid how do you disconnect from yourself right because what mt was doing i imagine mirrors something back to you or someone that you love this idea of practicing making space for one's needs is a powerful practice and i was amazed with how she got there and how she let me in and how she let herself in and how she can continue to practice doing this over and over and over again with self and then gradually letting other people into that space with her. If this is something that you're interested in practicing, maybe a good place to start, whether you want to write it down or whether you just want to say it to yourself, is checking in with yourself on a daily basis or every other day. Something that I'm feeling right now is or something that I wish someone understood about me is. Either one of those things or both of those things might be a good introduction for connecting with what's there for you and noticing what it is that you are wishing, wanting for others to see, hear, or connect to, similar to MT. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Bianca Farron, with production support from Anita Flores. Special thanks to Amelia Chapelo for editorial support. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment.
Stitcher. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.